ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Ladies, thanks so much for joining me for the final episode for 2023 on the No Higher Calling podcast. Here we are wrapping up another year. This is year three of the podcast, and we are ending it as we usually do with an update on my reading challenge. Um, thank you for journeying along with us all throughout this year. Um, we are excited about 2024 and all the things that the Lord has in store and coming in 2024 for our family, for our ministry, for No Higher Calling. Um, so I really pray, we've worked really hard on January's content, uh, really trying to make that a blessing to you as we kick off a new year. So I pray that that will be the case as we roll into year four of the No Higher Calling podcast. Um, but today's podcast episode, we've got to do the quarter four recap on my reading challenge. So if you've been around here for a while, you will know that I love to read. It is probably my biggest hobby, um, and it is something that, one, I I truly do enjoy. Um, I do find just pleasure and refreshment and um, just enjoyment in. But it has also been something that I have found immense growth in my personal life as I just really try to be careful with what I read. Um, I, I love a good fiction story just as much as anybody else who loves to read. And I have actually sprinkled in more of that throughout this year. Um, but I try to make sure that I keep a good balance on really wholesome content that is either helping me in my Christian life or in my marriage or in my parenting. And there are just so many good books out there, um, that, you know, it's easy for me to keep my list full of books that really have been a huge blessing to me. So uh, I'm going to share with you what I've been reading in this past quarter. Every quarter I give an update on the podcast. If you really want like the life, the real life, you know, in the moment, what is she reading? What is she finishing? The best place to find that is on Instagram. You can find me at no higher calling underscore. And as soon as I finished a book or finish a book, I post it on my stories. It's all saved in a highlight bubble. Um, I try to put the Amazon links just to make it easy. If you see a book that interests you, you can add it to your cart. Um, and so that is available to you. But I always enjoy at the end of a quarter going back and on the podcast platform, just giving a little bit of an update on what I've been reading, what I thought of it. Um, There's always a corresponding blog post that goes with that, just in case uh, you're like me and you listen to podcasts while you're folding laundry or doing dishes and you can't jot down all of the books that you want to check out, um, you can go find that blog post or check out the Instagram highlight and you will be able to find all the books that I've read this year year. So uh, without further ado, we will just jump in and I'm actually going to start it off by just giving an honest update on my life. So my goal is 50 books in a year and I don't think I'm going to hit that. Actually right now, I believe I'm sitting at 44 finished and uh, another three that I'm 
pretty solidly confident that I will finish by the end of the year. So we're going to say 47, which is so, so close, but not quite. Um, and my sweet sister, I was talking to her and she's like, oh, I know you, you can do it. Just finish it out. And I totally could. Um, but right now we have a lot of other priorities and rightfully so I am, you know, we're about to have a baby. Um, Christmas is right around the corner. Well, I'm recording this a little bit early. Once you hear this, hopefully Christmas, well, Christmas will be over and hopefully I will have a baby. Um, but I'm recording this about 10 days out from Christmas. And I've been postponing and postponing, thinking, oh, I'm going to get a few more books read. But we're getting to the point where baby could come at any time. That could mean today. That could mean January. So we don't know, but I'm trying to get all my ducks in a row and everything finished up. So this podcast episode is really needed to get recorded so that I could check it off my mental to-do list. So here we are uh, giving you a little bit of a premature update, a few of the books that I will review at the very end. I'm not quite finished with yet, um, but it, it we have every intention of finishing that uh, those couple out. And then there are a few others that I just don't think I'm going to finish. And if I do, um, I'll probably just count it towards next year anyway. But whether or not I count it towards this year or next year, if it is not reviewed on this podcast episode, we'll just lump it in with quarter one of next year. But it's been a weird year for us. Uh, You know, we had our international move. We have had transitioning to a new life, a new culture, a new everything, starting a church plant, uh, pregnancy of baby number five, homeschooling. So I am just going to say... 47's good. It's not hitting my goal, um, but I'm going to still count it as a win. And I did get an email from Goodreads that made me feel so much better. It said that I was in the top 25% of uh, Goodreads accounts for how much I read this year. So, you know, that made me feel a little bit better about not achieving my goal. It's the first time in goodness several years that I have not hit the goal. So that's all right. 2024 is around the corner, fresh start, and I have a wonderful lineup of books that I want to kick off the new year with. And I'm also going to be in the postpartum season of snuggling a newborn and nursing. And that always, at least for a few weeks, keeps me kind of in bed resting. So it's a great opportunity for me to binge on some books and audiobooks and really kick off January strong with my challenge. So I have high hopes for next year. Simeon and I will be repeating the challenge that we've taken for the past several years of reading one book together each quarter. Um, So in a little bit, I'll share the book that we read this quarter, quarter four. We alternate back and forth between picking the book. He picks one quarter, I pick the next quarter, we rotate. Um, So it lets us both get to enjoy a variety of genre, which again, you will see as I share uh, the review for the book that he chose this quarter. Um, But we'll be doing that again in the next year. So I always enjoy that and look forward to reading with him. Um, But I'm just going to go ahead and jump in here and share with you the books that I have been reading in this quarter, in quarter four of 2023. So the first one, I'm just going to start with probably the best book that I've read this quarter and maybe one of the best books that I've read this year. Really, it's in one of my top recs for parenting books. And that is the book called Parenting by Paul David Tripp. I have actually had this book on my shelf for like several years. And for some reason, I just didn't pick it up. Um, But the Lord's timing is always perfect. And he brought it 
again to my attention as I was scanning my bookshelf, looking for my next read. Um, The Lord just brought it to my attention at the perfect time. Ladies, this book is powerful. Um, You know, I, I think as parents... We can get so caught up in all of the daily responsibilities and, and it can be overwhelming. I mean, we're trying to raise, um, you know, these little people, not only keep them fed and clothed and educated and uh, enjoying their childhood and all of these different things. You know, here we have the holidays to so throw in, you know, the pressure of traditions and gifts and all of the stuff that comes with that. Um, but ultimately, God has entrusted us with souls that we have the privilege of partnering with him and stewarding. And I know sometimes I just come to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, I'm so overwhelmed in just the daily, like changing the diapers, keeping up with the laundry, feeding the kids something better than Kraft mac and cheese. You know, how am I supposed to really connect with them on a heart level? How am I supposed to invest the gospel into every moment? And then, you know, you've got different personalities and attitudes and different stages. You know, some of my children are starting to get older. I have a seven-year-old now. So we have seven, five, three, 18 months and baby coming soon or hopefully already here while you're listening to this. Um, But we, we, you know, we have a variety now in ages as my oldest is getting older. Um, So that brings some new challenges and, uh, you know, then you've got discipline issues. What should I do? What shouldn't I do? Just all of these pressures and really all of these voices that speak to that. Um, But this book, Paul Tripp just did such a good job taking us to the Bible. And the whole premise of this is just gospel principles that can radically change your family. And that's, that's what it did for me. It really helped me get my perspective on the eternal, like it, it reset my perspective, helped me think, okay, <laughs> this is what all of this is for. This is the most important. This is the priority. This is what I need to focus on. And that is just preaching the gospel to our children over and over. A few quotes that I want to read from the book. Uh, he says, you should look every day for every opportunity to point your needy kids to the presence, promises, power, and grace of Jesus. It doesn't begin with your concern for the deep spiritual needs of your children, but rather with a humble admission of the depth of your own need. You know, this book was so convicting as it was really addressing parents in teaching their children about, um, you know, the fact that you're a sinner, that you need a savior, why Christ died, why this is important to you, why you need salvation. He brings it back to the parent and reminds us that, hey, we've been forgiven much. And if our heavenly father has forgiven us 70 times seven over and over and over again, and is patient with us over and over and over again, then we should so pass that on. We have an opportunity to reflect Christ to our children. You know, as mom and dad, we're often the first introduction that our children get to God the Father. And we need to make sure that we're stewarding that well. Um, and he just he does such a good job addressing really the heart of the matter. One other quote. 
He says you should never be irritated in those moments where it is clear that your children need you, no matter what it's interrupting. The fact that your children need to be supervised, cared for, and sustained by you is the wise choice of the Creator. Sheep need shepherding because they're sheep. And children need parenting because they're human beings. This book was just so timely and really encouraged my heart uh, in a season where I was just feeling burnout as a mama. Like, you know, my husband comes home from work and how was your day? Well, we just corrected all day long. Um, and, you know, while the the spiritual emphasis of that sometimes doesn't change the reality of the fact that it is exhausting, it was really good for me to anchor my heart into the reality that, you know what, every correction opportunity, every discipleship moment is an opportunity to show my unsaved children their need for Christ and my saved children their continual need for Christ working in their lives. Yes, they've accepted him as Savior, but that doesn't mean they don't sin anymore. And it was also an opportunity for me to explain to them, you know what? Okay, I'm sorry mommy responded in anger or mommy responded impatiently. You know what? God's forgiven me. I'm saved but I still need the Holy Spirit working in my heart, sanctifying me, growing me, changing me. And when we keep that perspective, it really has a whole different take on the job of parenting. And so I just, I I spent a lot of time on this book. I hopefully will not spend as much time on all of the others, Um, but I could not recommend this more. It was just so good. Actually, um, I am up for quarter one of 2024, picking the book for Simeon and I, and this is the book that we'll be reading. I'm going to go through it again, and he's already heard a lot of it as I've been sharing with him things that I was learning as I was reading it, but we're going to go through it together. And I think it'll be really helpful for our home and for our parenting. Um, So the next one was Raising Amazing by Monica Swanson. This is another parenting book. And I really, really enjoyed this one. I listened to this one on Audible. And um, it was great. It was about raising amazing kids. And, you know, Monica addresses the reality that we're not raising perfect kids here. Okay, uh, none, you know, we, we aren't perfect and we're not going to raise perfect kids. Nobody has perfect kids. Um, but as we seek to partner with the Lord and do things his way, she gives biblical and practical advice on how you can turn out some just amazing kids, uh, kids that have manners, kids that have character, kids who care for others, um, kids who think of others first, kids who prioritize sibling relationships, kids who still desire to be connected to their parents. Um, and so it was just a really good practical book that I really, I, I really enjoyed it as well. The next one is Anne of Green Gables by L.M. Montgomery. So this was a read aloud that I did with my kids. And and several of these actually are read alouds. As my kids are getting a little bit older, um, I am counting some of their read alouds in my book challenge because I am doing the reading of it. And, um, you know, if it's like a little book or a board book or even a very simple chapter book, I tend to not count them. Um, but Anne of Green Gables was a book. I mean, it's a book book. It's a classic. So we counted this one. Um, and it was great. I have loved the movies since I was a little girl, never read the book before. And we had a beautiful, um, Usborne version of it that had some illustrations throughout it. And 
so we just had the best time following Anne, uh, me introducing my children to Anne, me actually reading it for the first time, them getting to know Anne, uh, to see her unique personality, my oldest daughter. She's unique and uh, just, she fell in love with Anne. She loved Anne's vocabulary and her drama and her um, just making big of the world. And so we had a great time and it's so fun as I watch my kids, as we read to them, you know, it's it's something that's very important in our home, uh, reading aloud to our children. That whenever they do their, whenever they're playing, when they're outside or whatever, whenever their imagination kicks in, they so often play the things that we're reading. So when we were reading Anne of Green Gables, you know, every time outside I have Anne and Diana and Gilbert and, you know, Anne's trying to walk the ridge pole and, you know, my daughter's trying to climb up on our uh, playhouse and walk it. And, you know, we had to set a few boundaries and remind her. Now, what happened to Anne when she did that? Um, But it's just... This is a classic. You've got to read it with your children. And even my son, he loved it. Even though it was, you know, Anne's a girl, um, there's enough boy characters in there and just such a diversity of rich characters that he loved it. Then we watched the movie and everybody loved that as well. Um, So it was great. We loved reading Anne of Green Gables. The next one is Serving Well by Jonathan and Elizabeth Trotter. So this is a book for missionaries, cross-cultural workers, whatever you want to call it, uh, anybody that is doing ministry on a foreign field. Um, this was recommended to me by a missionary friend, and it was so good. There are a ton of chapters in this book, but they're very short, like two, three, maybe four pages a piece bite-sized information, but yet hitting a very specific nail on the head for those that are living abroad and are trying to serve the Lord. Now, they left America, and they are serving the Lord in, I believe it's Cambodia. Um, So they have a very different culture, um, which is a little different for us. You know, we came to Australia, which is an English-speaking country, a very similar culture in a lot of ways. So, you know, we have struggles that other people that go to a very foreign field don't have, and vice versa. But some of the adjustments that they had to go through did not apply to us personally just because of the location in the world that God has called us to. Um, But other parts of the book were just so helpful for me personally. Um, And so it was great. It's it's dog-eared. It's highlighted. Much of it, I think, is just going to be something that I will reference throughout the course of our ministry, Um, you know, because all of the new getting adjusted season was very pertinent to me in the moment. But I think there's going to down the road come, um, you know, other seasons of ministry and living abroad that I really think it'll just be helpful to have that resource to pull out and to glean from their wisdom. So if you are a missionary, if you know a missionary, especially if you know a missionary that is about to head to the field, um, I would highly recommend getting them this book and uh, letting them prepare their heart and their mind for the things that will be coming in the horizon. 
The next one is another read aloud. Um, this is The Wind and the Willows by Kenneth Graham. So we actually listened to this one on audiobook. We took a camping trip. It took us like four hours to get there. Um, so we listened to this one as a family. And this one, I have mixed feelings about this. So the pros. We loved Toadie. What a character. He is so prideful, so arrogant, so self-centered, and it gave us some really good conversations with our kids. Like, he was such a dynamic and evident uh, character that it was easy for them to be like, oh, wow, he needs to get a grip on himself. He needs to, he needs some self-control. Um, so it was really good in that sense. And he's just so humorous. I mean, his just, his addiction and obsessive compulsiveness over, you know, motor cars and all these different things. We just laughed hysterically at his toady's antics. So we really enjoyed that part. There were other portions of the book that I just felt like were long and boring. There was this one part where they just talk about the changing of the seasons and we almost just dropped off the cliff there. It just took forever. Um, so the good parts were great. The not intriguing parts were just a snooze. Um, but my biggest complaint with this book is it did use the A word repeatedly throughout the book. And because we listened to it on audiobook, um, it was not something that was very easy for us to censor out. Um, so I, I'm not saying don't read it to your kids. We, we did enjoy it. It was not a favorite. Um, but like I said, Toady kind of makes up for it. So it's still a good one, but I would not recommend listening to it. Um, just for that. Um, it just, it, it came up again and again and again, and we were disappointed in that. Um, so future reference, if we revisit the wind in the willows, it will be, uh, our physical copy that we will be editing. Um, so the next book is the book that Simeon chose for us to read this quarter, which is The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm more of an Arnia girl and not a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I actually had never really, we didn't watch it or read it growing up. Then I started dating Simeon and his family loves Lord of the Rings. So I got sick one time when we were dating. I was so sick. I was in bed all day. And so I just decided I was going to binge watch the Lord of the Rings to see what on earth all the hype was about. And let me just tell you, I got one hour away from watching all three Lord of the Rings movies back to back. And I fizzled out. I was just like, I'm done. I can't. <laughs> I'm not interested in finishing the last hour. Looking back, I'm like, oh my word, why didn't I finish it out? That would have been quite the thing to say that I watched the whole trilogy, you know, in order. Um, not necessarily because I loved it, but just because I needed something to do. I, I, it's a literary classic and I have an appreciation for a classic that has stood the test of time. Um, and there, there are definitely elements of the story that are very intriguing. Um, but overall, I still don't know that it was just something that was amazing to me. Um, but he loves it and that was his pick. So we followed Bilbo and the whole little troop all through their adventures, 
uh, defeating Smaug and the war with the goblins and the horrific scene of them battling the spiders. Spiders are my greatest fear, so that was a really struggle to listen to. We listened to this one on audiobook as well, um, which it's great. Actually, I think Simeon was telling me that um, the reason that the audiobook did so well and it has never been redone is when it was recorded, I think it was like in the 80s, he said. I could be wrong. But anyways, when it was originally recorded, the man that read it, it was the first time that an, that a reader had ever voiced different characters differently. So that was like revolutionary. So he does. He has all these different voices for the different characters. And, you know, Tolkien always throws in all those long songs while he sings them all. Um, so that added some uh, added depth, I guess, to the story. So if you want to listen to it uh, via audio, it, it's a really good one to listen to. But anyway, um, we we went through The Hobbit, and uh, I think he enjoyed it more than me, but I didn't mind. We got through all like 11 or 12 hours of the book. Um, the next one that I read is Habits of the Household by Justin Whitmore Early. So I have been seeing this one around a lot, a lot recently. Um, and so I thought, well, I need to give it a try. So I read it, and it really was good. I don't agree with the author on everything. Um, but uh, the the core message of the book, of the chapters, it was all just about bringing God into the rhythms of everyday life as a family. Um, and, and, I, and I'm totally for that. Like, I love that message. I try to get that across so much through No Higher Calling and the things that I'm doing. So I really appreciated that. And I did glean from the book. Um, I don't think it's the best book that I've read on that topic. Um, I'd probably much rather pick up a Sally Clarkson book or something like that uh, when it comes to home and family and rhythms of the household. Um, but it still, it was good. And it did give some really uh, good food for thought. So I did enjoy that one. Um, the next one is Before Your Tween Daughter Becomes a Woman by Robin Gunn. Um, this came highly recommended to me by my friend Sarah at Altogether Lovely Collective, who is no stranger to the podcast. She's been on several times. Um, but her daughter is a little further down the road than mine. So she's been kind of preparing for this transition from girlhood to womanhood. And she's been chatting about it a little bit. And we've been chatting about it a little bit. And she told me, she's like, you've got to read this book. So I picked it up and read it. And it is so, so good. Robin Gunn does an amazing job on presenting puberty and changing bodies and transition and menstruation and all of these different things that happen in that transition from girlhood to adolescence into womanhood in a beautiful Christ-honoring way, Um, which I think I would be safe to say from what I've heard from the majority of my friends and other people that I've talked about uh, wasn't many of our experiences. Some of us, it's a little more traumatic than others, um, but I know that I did not get an introduction into womanhood 
um, that made it feel beautiful and something worth celebrating. Um, it was a little more like not talked about what is going on. Am I dying of cancer? (laughs) Like what is happening? Um, and you know, as, as I was reading this book and as I'm thinking about my own girls, uh, I was like, I don't want that for them because really the, the female body is amazing. And the fact that God created us to be able to create life and well, I mean, he creates life, but to, you know, have life within us and give birth and the whole process of that is amazing. Um, and I, I want my girls to see all of the details of that as something so beautiful. Um, and so Robin just does a magnificent job of giving very practical and helpful advice on how you can celebrate that, whatever your personality, whatever your daughter's personality, um, you know, whatever your style of celebration looks like. Um, she just gives a, a variety of ways that you can make this very special as a mom and as a daughter, ways that you can connect, ways that you can try to open doors for communication as, uh, you know, this is really just stepping them into a precipice of, of a new, of going into adulthood. You know, you start having little changes here and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start, you enter into puberty. And then you're starting your period. And next thing you know, boys are on the scene and you're having, um, you know, more discussions about reproduction and sex and all of these things. Um, so she, she did a fabulous job, um, an older lady. So it was a very like a mentor type feel I felt like to the book. Um, but I couldn't recommend this one more. If you have daughters, you need to read it. I don't care what age they are. Obviously, I mean, mine are seven and and down. They're young. So I have a little bit of time ahead of me. But um, one thing she talks about and one thing that Simeon and I are 100% proponents and on board with is we want to be the first one to get to our children with certain messages. Um, And if that means that we have to have conversations earlier than we had them or earlier than we might think that we would have them with our children. Um, I mean, we've talked here earlier in the year, we we addressed um, giving your kids a biblical view of sex. We addressed the issues of pornography and how that the reality is, I think sometimes, you know, in, in in my generation, in our minds, we think, oh, well, maybe we weren't introduced to this stuff till like 12, 13, 14 um, so, you know, like, oh, me having a seven-year-old, I have years ahead of me with this. But the reality is, I mean, so many, especially if if your kids are in, in a public school environment, but I mean, we've got seven, eight, nine-year-olds that are being exposed to things now. And all that to say, um, I would encourage you, even if you have young ones, go ahead and start getting, preparing yourself for these conversations, for things that arise, um, so that you're just, you're ready when they have the questions, that you don't shy away, that you're just, you're, you're their person. You establish that you can come to me and maybe I don't know how to answer it right now, or maybe I flounder my way through it, or maybe I have to say, Hey, like if we're at, you know, we're at the grocery store now, it's not an appropriate time to have the, like, where do babies come from talk, but that's a great question. 
I can't wait to answer it for you. Let's have a little date tonight and we'll chat about it. Um, so we, all that to say, Simeon and I have been trying to prepare ourselves for these different questions, for these different things, these different topics. And, um, just due to our life and, uh, me still having babies and choosing to involve our children in that, some of these conversations come up very naturally. So my daughter, she knows what a period is. She knows some of that stuff. Um, but it's more in regards to mama. We haven't necessarily addressed it so much in relation to her. Um, but I, I'm trying to prepare myself so that when she has those questions or when these things come like right around the corner, because time is flying by, um, that we'll be ready and that we will be ready to celebrate something that God has just created in such an amazing and beautiful way. So anyway, I hope to address some of that a little bit more next year on the podcast, just some puberty things in transition, because I know that can be a difficult uh, point for parents. What do we say? What don't we say? When do we say it? Uh, how do we navigate this kind of this awkward in between? Um, so I have a desire to try to address some of that um, more in the next year. Maybe not from me necessarily because I don't have the experience on it, but I hope to bring some people on to address that. Uh, but anyway, great book. Recommend it for all moms who have daughters, whatever their ages. Okay. So that takes me through all the books that I have completed at this moment. The next four books, uh, one, two, three, four. Okay. Yes. The next four books are going to be completed. <laughs> they are a work in progress, but I still have half of the month left. Um, but because I'm recording this now, we're just going to get a little sneak peek. So I can't fully, fully vouch for them, but I am over halfway in all of these, so I can get pretty close. So the first one is Trusting God by Jerry Bridges. Um, I had read Jerry Bridges' book, Respectable Sins. We looked through that throughout a whole year of Bible study podcast uh, two, three years ago, I guess. Um, but anyway, this book was really, really good. It tackled some of those hard questions. Why do bad things happen to good people? Um, how can a God who knows everything that is going on in this world be okay with it continuing to go on? Um, some of those questions that our hearts and our minds just wrestle with, um, you know, rationalizing God's goodness with God's sovereignty and all of those things. Um, Jerry Bridges just did a great job of getting in the truth of God's word in laying a foundation that God is good. God is always only good. A part of his very being is goodness and he is sovereign. He is in control over all things. Um, and that sometimes it's just difficult for us to wrap our brains around that because we are in a broken, fallen, sin-cursed world. But um, it was it was a very good book. And if you are in a season where you are struggling with trusting God through something or uh, that's just a battle for you, I would recommend it. It, it, is, it has been very helpful to me, um, not so much in a present sense, but looking back on some different past things that I've walked through, um, just being reminded that God was with me at every turn and he always knows what he's doing, even if it feels like he is not there. 
So the next book is The First Songs of Christmas by Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. Um, so this is kind of like an Advent devotional type book that I have been going through this Christmas season. And it's been really good. It focuses on five different songs, Elizabeth, Mary, Zechariah, the angels, and Simeon. So in the Bible, in that passage there, um, I believe they all came, all the songs she pulls from Luke. Um, you know, you have Mary's song of praise after the angel visits her and then the different ones, um, just highlighting their heart and the worship and adoration that they felt towards God and the coming Messiah. Um, and it's just, I, I always enjoy doing an Advent type devotional in the midst of all the busyness of Christmas and everything. I feel like it's really good for me to just kind of use that as an opportunity to anchor my heart in what truly matters and to gain some perspective. And I've really enjoyed going through this one. It's just bite-sized little pieces each day. Um, just a simple verse, devotional thought, something to meditate on throughout the day. And I've enjoyed that. Okay. The last two are read alouds. Uh, the first one is Ember Falls by S.D. Smith. This is the second book in the Green Ember series. Um, currently, I am just doing this one on audio with my oldest. Um, we've just been listening to it during our daily quiet time. And uh, we're, we, we really enjoy it. So Joel Clarkson, which is Sally Clarkson's son, voices the audiobooks of this. And he does a fabulous job of bringing these stories to life. But this is the second book in the series, so we're continuing to follow uh, Heather and Pickett. You see their characters uh, develop so much more beyond in the first book as they're maturing, as they're experiencing some really tough circumstances, um, betrayal, uh, whose side are we on, just finding out secrets exposed, um, you know, trying to rescue their family, all of these different things going on. So it's been a very intriguing read that just kind of has kept us uh, moving forward through the series. We are enjoying that together. And then the last one is The Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis. Um, normally, I have a read aloud that I do with the kids kind of during our homeschool day and Simeon has a read aloud that he does with them in the evenings while I, you know, get a shower or clean up the kitchen or whatever. But uh, he finished his read aloud. I finished my read aloud. We wrapped up school for the year in Australia. The school year ends uh, really right about this time. So we will start a new year fresh come the end of January. Um, which just worked out perfectly with having a baby and Christmas and all of that. But anyway, because our life dynamic changed a little bit, we decided that we were going to start the Chronicles of Narnia and do it as a family read aloud. So Daddy is reading these aloud, but uh, I am joining in on that and all the kids. And I I've read all of these. He's read all of these. But it's the first time that we've introduced our children to it. And let me say they are hooked, especially my older two. The young, I mean, obviously the baby is you know, Willow's kind of like whatever. Um, and Ivy's kind of picking up on some, you know, the other day she was talking about Diggory and Polly and their rings and jumping in the pools and all these different things. Um, but Knox and Eden are completely captivated. I mean, Simeon finishes a chapter and it's, oh, please, please, one more chapter, one more chapter. Um, but we actually have this book that I will link down in the comments. Someone had recommended Goodness a long time ago and I picked it up because I knew I wanted to go through these books with my kids. But it is basically like a biblical companion guide to the Chronicles of Narnia. So it is just chapter by chapter, 
all the books, um, just gives you biblical principles and parallels to that chapter. So you kind of like a theme verse that is a moral or something that you, a truth you are learning in that chapter as you read. And then just different biblical principles. So, you know, as we're um, seeing Uncle Andrew and just his deviousness and his trickery and his obsession with magic, you know, what does the Bible have to say about magic? Um, As you see Diggory be kind of pig-headed in some ways and stubborn and making foolish decisions, even uh, when Polly's trying to tell him not to, you know, we talk about selfishness and a heeding wise counsel and things like that. So it's been really good to kind of use those two together. It's kind of been... And like, it's not our devotional time. We have a set aside where, you know, it's just scripture. Um, We're not going to let the Chronicles of Narnia take over our devotional time. But it's been really good to have the read aloud. We read our chapter and then we just go through that. And it really has promoted some really good discussions with our kiddos as we parallel that and use the story to give biblical principles. I found that reading allegory and even in this, this, you know, this is somewhat allegorical. Uh, more so when we get into the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but really trying to bring in the spiritual lessons in these different books that lend that way has been so good because my littles are able to connect their minds and their imaginations with the story, and then they can easily, more easily see that parallel. Um, so anyway, we're going to be wrapping up The Magician's Nephew by the end of the year, and we will be jumping into the next book, um, but we have loved that. I, I have waited for years to introduce these books to my kids, but we waited um, and wanted it to be a good experience. And so far, it's just been, it's been magical. We've been loving it. I, I love that they are just on the edge of their seats waiting for the next chapter. So that's it. That is quarter four of my reading challenge for the year, putting me at just under 50 books. So close, but not quite. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. That's why it's a goal. I shot for it. I missed. And we're going to try again next year. Um, but hopefully throughout the year, through even through this episode, you found some books that uh, may intrigue you, that maybe you want to put on your to-read list, uh, maybe some read-alouds for the family. One other thing I'll put down uh, in the comment or down in the show notes under the resources is Simeon and I did a YouTube video where we showed the read-alouds that we've done throughout the whole year. Now, this will not include... Um, this won't include Ember Falls or The Magician's Nephew because we recorded it uh, before we had actually started those. But all the other read-alouds that we went through with the kids. So if you're looking for read-alouds for kids, um, you might want to check out that YouTube video and see what we've been going through for the year. But you can also find that, again, interspersed through um, my uh, my highlights and through the blog, um, through the podcast, and all of that. So anyway, ladies, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. If you have a book recommendation for me, I love when you send me things that you love reading because I'm always compiling a list of what to read next. So feel free to engage with me on social media. Send me an email at nohighercallingpodcast at gmail.com. But I am wrapping up, signing off for 2023. Thank you for coming along with me this year. And uh, just pray for us as we have expectant hearts as to what we hope to see God accomplish in 2024. So I look forward to joining you again in the new year. 
I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman He's called you to be. Thanks for listening.